Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Thank you for taking your time to listen to Good Vibes of Jason B, a Broad Minds and More podcast. I'm your host, Jason B, and we're going to get the day started out with, with a smooth transitional into priming our mind, as I call it. And this is what I do every day. Um, it's a slight meditation, just as you get out of bed, you start your things, but it's important to thank your environment. So if your room's not clean, don't worry about it. You can get to it later, or you can get to it after you listen to, or as you listen to this podcast. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to sit in our chair, sit in a comfortable position, relax just for a moment, let all the anxieties go, let all the lists and things that you must do or the worries. We are going to create a free open space at this time. We're going to say, okay, I am thankful for being here. So I am thankful for being alive and present in this lifetime. Uh, Most importantly, and as you close your eyes, breathe just normal, just however you feel. If you feel, you know, anxious, then slow it down. Just work with me on this one. And here we go. Just breathe in. And breathe out. And take a deep breath in. And breathe out. And one more, one more big one. And take it all in. Take all the positive energy you possibly can. Anticipate your moments going forward. And breathe out. Okay, now we're ready to get started out with the podcast. Um, like I said, it's Variety episode forty-four. I'd like to start. Off, I would like to start recording all of my episodes with a morning mantra or morning meditation, morning good thought, or evening wherever you are. Maybe you're just closing out your day for some people in the world. Um, so I'm going to talk about a little bit about um, vaccines, a little bit about the coronavirus. Um, panic, panic attacks, and um, and much, much more. But we're going to talk about all those things in the next segment. So stay tuned, grab your coffee or whatever you'd like to drink, water. Um, if you're drinking, please drink responsibly. If you're smoking, please be in a relaxed environment where you are not driving, whatever. So let's get started out with the show in just a moment here. So what's going on today? I'm getting ready for work. I have just a little bit to talk here on on the airways, but I wanted to make a a personal mission to get an episode in this week. I recorded one last night. I'm still editing. It's going to be called uh, Winning and Losing. So look forward on the next time you listen to Good Vibes at Jason B. I should have it published hopefully in the next couple days. Um, I am looking for people to interview and speak with, co-host. Um, I've been trying to do that as well as working on my website. It does take time. Um, I'm a little bit of a picky person. I don't want to say perfectionist because I don't think anything can be perfect. So we definitely want to uh, mention that. So it will be coming soon. I will be doing a lot of different things um, to improve this station here on anchor.fm. And if you're listening to me on Spotify or or what is it, uh, Google Play, um, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, um, Overcast, however you're listening. And if you are especially listening to Good Vibes of Jason B, a Broad Minds and More podcast on Apple iTunes podcast, on that platform, there is a place where you can leave one to five stars. Please give me a five-star rating and leave a review on what you liked about this episode or the show in itself. I appreciate all feedback, negative and positive, or positive, negative, whatever you wish to prefer to express. Um, I'm always looking for feedback, so you can also email me at goodvibes, goodvibesjasonb um, at gmail.com. I believe that's my email on that. Um, The airways or the responses have gone silent because, oh, let's face it, if you're not making something, you're not recording something as frequent or as often people kind of lose interest, but 
Um, I do like to pop my head out every so often. Very busy guy at times. So we're going to talk about what's going on first and foremost. Um, the coronavirus. It is a pandemic or epidemic um, scare right now um, all over the world. There isn't a place that the coronavirus hasn't touched, I would have to say, or influenced. Um, according to our world markets, um, our trade, I mean, they're coming up with all these kinds of terms. Don't touch each other. Don't be too close to people. Don't get on airplanes. Don't get on cruise ships. Don't go to concerts. Um, I feel that that's a very dangerous thing to do. Um, if the world organizations and politicians and leaders of this world were so concerned about this particular virus, I think they should all collaborate, come up with a treatment and understand that it is a virus. It is an organism that lives and has a shelf life of only so long. Um, the amount of people infected versus the ratio of people that have actually died is very, very slim. It is mostly affecting the people with autoimmune diseases and the elderly. So if they have a compromised immune system, these are facts that are announced by the media. And I'm not saying anything that they haven't said already. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to elaborate a little bit more on what that exactly is. So we're going to keep going with this. So first and foremost, I'm going to Google. Yes, and I mean Google. I'm going to Google what a virus is and by definition. So let's see what it says. Hey, Siri, what is the definition of a virus? agent that typically consists of a nucleic acid molecule in a protein coat is too small to be seen by light microscopy and is able to multiply only within the living cells of a host. Do you want to hear the remaining one? Yes. A piece of code which is capable of copying itself and typically has a detrimental effect, such as corrupting the system or destroying data. Thank you, Siri. Now, um, okay. that was Siri's definition. So I'm sorry. I, I did say Google, but, um, I'm using Siri. So let's retract what we said. Anyway, <laughs> a little bit of a funny moment. So, uh, we're here live on the airways, um, early in the morning. And for some of you who are getting your day already started or going, I'm out here in Stockton, California, and I ha do a lot of commuting. I do a lot of driving with my job, but, um, understanding what a virus is, is very, very important part of my job. And I work as a legal professional and, uh, it's, it's a task. You know, I go into many different environments, um, business meetings. I meet many different people and, you know, hearing that definition of what a virus is, you know, it, it's, it's important. You know, because if you don't know what it is, how can you really adequately understand what's going on? So I actually am punching up the definition of a virus. According to Google also. So we're going to look that up real quick. Okay. Virus. A noun. An infected agent that typically consists of a nucleic acid molecule in a protein coat is too small to be seen by the light of micros microscopy whatever and is able to multiply only within living cells and or a host hmm interesting but it also defines it as a piece of code which is compatible of copying itself and typically has detrimental effects such as corrupting the system and destroying data now it's interesting that you hear those two different perspectives, so to speak. Um, when you hear that, what a virus does in the computer, as opposed to what the virus does in a biology or human system, speaking for us, they're closely related. Um, they do the same thing. And if you really to think about it, we are a system. We, we really are. So the news media has been reporting these sensational reports. I mean, politicians... And statesmen, um, states are taking drastic measures. Italy's like completely quarantined their whole damn country. Um, the 
city of New York, I believe that there is a certain part of New York that they are not allowing people in or out. And they're saying people to take a two week break. I don't necessarily see anything wrong with that, but it does have consequentials. Um, so we have to understand what a virus does and how long can a virus live and what's, and some people confuse the def, the definition of virus and correlate it with disease. Now, disease is a different aspect in my opinion. So let's, let's find the definition of a disease because I know it is different. Okay. Here's a disease, a disorder of structure or function in a human animal or plant, especially one that produces specific signs and symptoms that affects specific location and is not simply direct result of a physical injury. Part two of it, a particular qualifying habit or disposition regarded as adversely affecting a person's group of people. Um, illness, a disease is a uh, period of sickness and affected by the body and the mind, you know, so it's got, it's got quite a few different definitions, but I mean, the gist of it is, you know, disease and, and viruses have something, they share something in common. They purposely attack the molecules, the infected being or parasite living cell attacks healthy cells. So it is trying to thrive off living cells. And the only way it happens is if it has a platform to attack and feed off of, just like an animal, I guess you could say. So um, the scares of the coronavirus has put people in a panic, um, has put people in quarantines, uh, necessary and sometimes unnecessary. But what we do know and what we don't know is very, very clouded. Um, what, who, and knows what exactly how the virus came about. Some people are accusing that it came from Wuhan, China, which I think is speculative. I think it's a designed bug or a super bug that affects people with, like I said before, the autoimmune diseases or low immune uh, deficiencies. Um, people, um, the death rate is extremely low compared to the actual infected. Um, you may not show signs for weeks. Um, children can be affected um, because they are, you know, their young bodies and you know, I, I, I don't want to say whether they're vaccinated or not because there's no vaccine for the coronavirus, but they are trying to develop one fast. And I, I, I show extreme caution because any treatment to a disease, a virus, and so on and so forth, to create a vaccine, you are basically creating another organism, an antibody or anti-organism to ward off against the, the onslaught or onslaught, I should say, of the organism and cell onto the healthy system. So it, it does have its caveats. It has its problems. And for the average listener, not a lot of us really understand medicine. And, you know, and that's understandable. But should we be going to Costco and wiping out their whole inventory of toilet paper and water? Well, I've got a couple of responses to that. Um, what I've seen on Facebook and Instagram, people are making memes about it, but how much shit are you going to basically spread? That would be the first and foremost question I would have to ask. Um, what do you think that a stockpile of toilet paper is really going to do you? Um, and as well as hand sanitizers, as well as, you know, antibacterial things, um, there are dangers from using too much antibacterial, um, lotions and oils and you know, cleansers. Um, one of the things to understand about the body, the body has natural defense mechanisms. It has on your hands, your face, your nose, it has natural filters and oils to protect us against so many living things that really want to decimate us as people. But the, I guess you would have to see the, the, the king of the heap or the top of the, the pyramid is actually the human being right now because it is it is adapted into so many different environments and is able to live in so many other different environments that most organisms and animals cannot. So without getting too lost in the scientific matter of it, um, this is what I really think. I think that we do need to have caution. Yes. 
um, if the governments aren't providing a method to test, which they don't have right now, um, it's going to have to be a series of testing. You know, if one person gets tested one time, you would have to isolate that person after they've been tested against all others until the people of that region have been all tested, which is pretty a difficult thing to do. You know, there's, you know, here in the United States, you have citizens who, by all means, they don't care. And some people that are pr protective and they don't want their identity to be known. And sometimes there's, yeah, um, migratory people that are not legally here. And I'm not going to call them aliens because I just feel they're human beings. So anyway, so we understand that and we understand that it comes with, you know, consequences. You know, what can we do? How can we treat this? Um, the markets, the stock markets have, have adversely reacted to speculation and um, predicting in, um, outcomes financially. And they're telling people, if you can work from home, don't touch each other, don't associate with too much. For how long? I think it's a very, very stupid thing in a way, because if you can't isolate and identify the virus in a vast majority way, then how can you really tell people to be isolated and stop their lives? People still have to work and still have to do things. And not all of us have savings. I mean, this is a big thing that affects so many different areas of life. So, and this also goes back to, you know, the studying of past infections. I mean, I posted on my, <clears throat> my Instagram not too long ago. And I want to read something that I posted. It was, I don't want to say it's a meme, but it's definitely um, something that you should be aware of. And um, it was this post where, this is a gentle reminder, in 1993, the hantavirus was going to kill us. 1999, Y2K was going to kill us. 2000, West Nile is going to kill us. 2003, SARS is going to kill us. 2005, uh, the avian flu is going to kill us. 2006, E. coli is going to kill us. Cholera, swine flu. I mean, it goes on and on, year after year after year. And sometimes there's even little breaks. And the one last year was the Listoris is going to kill us. And I think the one that was the two most, 2016 and 2017, the Zika and the the Emma, MRSA, you know, as well as, you know, even in... Uh, 2014 they were talking about ebola was a big epidemic and you know to my recollection i don't ever remember hearing about people being so more panicked and people reactive and that's the dangers of social media and that's the dangers of being connected as we are today having the access to cell phones and fast news reporting and let's face it the news media makes money off sensationalizing topics if it's not somebody being killed, it's a mass shooting, it's a health scare, so on and so forth. Does that make us numb? It's That's a dangerous topic. Yeah, it can make us numb. So here's my take on it. Take time. Breathe. Be simple. Wash your hands. Have good hygiene. You know, yes, you can shake hands. Yes, you can rub elbows or pump fists or even just bow. Whatever you prefer. I, I would encourage it and just take your time. You know, um, like I said, if you look at the numbers actually affected. Now, the Center for Disease and Control does have speculative projections of those massively affected. And some have even said that this virus is not going to go away. It's here to stay. So they are going to develop some kind of anti, you know, virus vaccine, which it's so weird how the body works because it reacts so differently to different viruses. When you get the flu, here's our natural reactions from your body. Your body heats up. Why does it heat up? It's an internal defensive mechanism to heat the body up to a certain point, which can be dangerous. And it basically heats up to kill whatever doesn't belong naturally in the body. You start sweating, you start coughing, Mucus starts coming out. You can't, you know, the reason why these reactions happen is, is the body's way of fighting what doesn't belong. So when you throw up and something's in your stomach, like if you ever had the stomach flu, your body 
you know, ejects whatever is making it feel uncomfortable. Now, I'm not a I'm not a scientist and I'm not a doctor, but I want to say that I have a pretty good level of common sense. So take precaution and understand how the body is and, and take a little bit of education about first aid um, and a little understanding of natural remedies. Um, the most common remedies right now, you, yeah, take your vitamin C, you know, take your honey extracts. Um, people are promoting elderberry, um, eat those or extracts. And um, here's my report on the elderberry juice, so to speak. For the last um, seven days, I've been taking elderberry for two, twice a day, once in the morning, once at night. And uh, the other day when I was at my girlfriend's house, I, yeah, I did feel a little sick. Before I went to bed, I drank my elderberry, took my vitamins, took my, uh, did a spoonful of local honey. Um, I didn't really get any sick any further. I didn't, um, I didn't really feel bad. You know, I had a light cough, light congestion, could have been a reaction to um, allergens in the air. You know, it is allergy season for those people in the Central Valley who are affected. And we are just one of the biggest agriculture areas of the state of California. So um, I've taken my precautions. Um, the other thing is I'm not really eating too much bread, although I did have pizza last night. Um, not the healthiest meal. And uh, yeah, that's definitely a, a field I need to work on, general health and nutrition. I am a diabetic, so I do have to deal with that. So having um, another aspect of fighting viruses and, and illnesses is having also, believe it or not, health, a healthy mindset. The more you're depressed, the more you're sad, your immune system takes a hit. So you can get affected more and people are more stressed. They can get sick easier. Um, your immune system is just not, you know, it's, it's your superheroes inside you, but even they have weaknesses too. So you got to encourage you know, mentally, physically, you know, dietarily, um, to keep your body, you know, healthy. So, you know, take that in, you know, that's why I, from now on, want to start my show out with a clearing of the mind, clearing of the soul. I want to encourage people to take time and just realize your moments. Um, realize that you're in charge of yourself. No one is really in charge of your mind. You are, and you have the choice and that's most important. So that also will help effect of how illnesses you may come under and you know yeah the virus and coronavirus and I really don't feel it's as bad but I think it's sensationalized and who are the proponents of it now what I think is funny for example um, in the last few days I saw Donald Trump do some meet and greets with the local senatorial Republican leaders and guys like Ted Cruz for example um, he isn't in a quarantine. He's infected. Um, and the president is denying whether he's infected, but he's shaking hands, glad handing. So I think I saw a CNN and it's like he met with four people recently, like as of last Sunday or Friday, I forget what day, but if they were infected back then, what makes me think that he's not? So he down, he's downplaying it. Um, he's defunded, in my opinion, the CDC. So they don't really, they can't really attack it. And then they asked for like, was it $8.8 .8 billion for test kits, research and development to fight the coronavirus? And a lot of people are asking, where's that money coming from? Well, it's coming from you, the taxpayer. They're borrowing against your taxes. Yes, they are. To fight as a late response you know, and, and what is a correct response from the CDC? You know, they've been defunded. They do not have a lot of money to work with. And now all of a sudden um, they're getting this major fund break. And so, you know, it has other ramifications going on and going further. So we're going to take a brief little break. So take your time. Understand. Don't panic shop. Just be simple. Wash your hands. Wash your face. Um, have good hygiene. Um, if you feel that you're around sick people, maybe you might want to buy a look into what the standard is of a good mask um, or maybe just decide, you know, if there's someone sick around you, um, I can't be around you, you know, go home. You working with me is not going to help. And your kids, you know, kids get sick so easy. My daughter, my 12 year old, thank God she's on break and she happens to be in the Philippines right now. So she is definitely um, 
you know, she's she's going through her stuff and she's overseas right now with her mom and her grandparents. So for the first time, my daughter's going over to a place, a, a third world country, you know, who doesn't have the systems and uh, vaccines and medicines that we do. Um, so, so far, my daughter has been reported to being in good health and I'm happy for that. So let's take a brief little break and we're going to move on with the next issue and we're going to talk about that. And I'll be right back. Okay, moving forward. Uh, So book of the current times that I'm actually reading, listening to, so on and so forth. It's called There's No Plan B for Your A Game. Be the best in the world at what you do by Bo Eason. A little bit of background about Bo Eason. He is a former San Francisco 49er and Houston Oiler. He was a free safety during the 80s, and he was a great player. He's also a, I think he's a playwright, an actor, an activist. Um, he Now he is not just a mo- motivational speaker, but he's also a writer as well. And I am in, I think, chapter four of his book. And he talks about, in this particular book, to master your best you know, uh, and how to tune out the noise. And I like a few of his examples, how he talks about, you know, the fan versus the player. I think that's like one of my favorite sections right now. You know, a fan can criticize and say what a player and what an organization needs to do. And the player just focuses on the ability. You know, it's, it's a symbiotic relationship that has its goods and bads. And it is, it makes me think about how to do my best. So if you have a chance Check out There's No Plan B for Your A Game by Bo Eason. Definitely a recommended read for me. And if you don't, if you're not the kind of person to actually read per se, you know, and you have an iPhone or even audiobook.com, um, I would just download the book and just listen to it on your drives. Maybe, you know, your workouts, 30 minutes, you know, you never know. It's always a healthy aspect to hear someone speak in a in a different perspective. So definitely um, something to check out. Um, on my reading list, I do have Platform Get Noticed in a Noisy World by Michael Hyatt. Um, I've only listened and I've actually read about four chapters of that book. Um, very helpful if you're into the podcasting, promotion, promotioning, and becoming an influencer in this world. I definitely recommend that you check that out. Michael um, Hyatt was recommended by in another book that I've also checked out. Checked out. It's called How to Grow Your Audience. So I've been really interested in how to grow my audience on here, on this station, on Good Vibes with Jason B, a Broad Minds and More podcast, outreaching using the different avenues of social media from Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and so on and so forth. So collaboration is a big thing. Um, I would have to agree that some of the things that I've heard is like when you do collaborations, you have more likely of people listening to you because it's not just your voice, but it's a different perspective. But then um, I look up to some of the mentors that I would have to say, or people I look up to in podcasting, Joe Rogan being one of him, one of them, um, Bradley is another, they collaborate constantly in, and they do speak in their own perspectives. And as far as I, there is a couple others that speak uh, in collaboration and they, they also do it singular. Um, I'll just give you a few of my, my favorites. Um, let's see order of man with Ryan Mickler. He also makes another, you know, he collaborates with a co-host and other people he interviews with, um, the real bad Bradley, as I mentioned. And then here's a few of my local favorites. These people, they're gaining notoriety, so people like Patrick from We Live on a Planet. So if you want to check out Patrick, go to www.woap.com and you will be able to find Patrick and links to his station. Um, you can find him on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, even here on Anchor. So you can definitely do that. And then there's people like uh, I listen to people like uh, The Fried Oreo, Duan and Only, uh, Strong Body, Strong Soul. Um who else do I listen to on a constant? A cyber shots. Uh, I definitely. I. I. I don't know why, but I just love listening to that dude and his stories. So I mean, your listening and your attention, you know, while you're driving or while you're doing your work, sometimes to break up the monotony, hearing perspectives and giving you something to think about is always a good thing. The more we connect, the better off we are as a society. 
So for my reading and recommendation for podcasting uh, of this section, I definitely recommend um, what I was talking about, you know, um, as far as the books are concerned. But the book that I am currently working on, like I said, was, um, sorry, there's no plan B for your A game by Bo Eason. Check that out. Um, On my reading list, I'm going to be... I'm going to be reading probably next week, starting next week, Find Your Why with Simon Sinek. He's also written a few other books like Start With Your Why, and I feel those are very important and impactful with finding your purpose. I actually have a life coach with Sheena Diane. Yes, I do take a life coach as well as I giving coaching device. It's good to sometimes take a perspective in listening um, when you're when you're trying to develop yourself and being a better person, um, the great thing about life coach and the difference between a life coach and a psychologist, which I do have a therapist. Yes, I have a professional therapist. Um, they both work with your personal issues, but they both have different properties. And when a life coach is not so much telling you exactly what to do, but they're both helping you to develop strategies and guides to solving your inner problems or your outer problems and understanding that sometimes you just need some more development. So um, am I someone always seeking advice? No, not at all. Some, am I someone who gives advice? Yes, I do. Um, but I want to be the practitioner as what as I speak as what as I do. So that's very, very important. And one of the things I've got to say with Sheena Diane is that she's a very perspective and spiritual being. I've watched her I mean, I've known her for, I think, over a year now. And one of the things that I really appreciate about her is her personal story, her her willingness to connect with other people. And and I feel that's kind of important, if you ask me. Um, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where if you're not taking inventory, and she definitely does that. Um you know, I just, I feel if you're not taking inventory of who you are, you know, you're putting yourself, you know, at risk, you know, and so I'm sorry, I'm delaying, but I'm actually trying to find her website and let's see, join Zoom meeting. Let's see, where is her website? I just, just, okay, here we go. Um, she ha- her website is https uh, semicolons forward slash forward slash divine hyphen love.com um, and you know she has been going through her laws of attraction uh, training so uh, she she done she did something extra you know so we're gonna take a brief little break in just a second here because I'm getting some calls. So let's uh, let's take a brief little break and we'll come right back. But yeah, check Sheena Diane out, and she's definitely someone I'm out to mention. And and you know, she I, I just really have so much to say about her. But we're gonna take a brief little break and we'll be right back. Okay, my people, we're back. Had to answer some phone calls, had to take care of a little bit of work. So I need to wrap this up. Unfortunately, I'll probably add more segments on to this later today, but I wanted to give you a lot of thanks. Thank you so much for spending your time with me here on Good Vibes with Jason B, a Broad Minds and More podcast. I am looking for feedback. If you are here on Anchor, please call in. I need your feedback. I'd love to hear your mind, what you're thinking of, maybe what you're worried about, any particular issue you want to talk about, and maybe if there's those of you who want to collaborate. I am in California, so for those of you on the East Coast, I'm expect there's a three to four hour time difference, but I will try to accommodate in any way I can. I do appreciate you immensely. And, um, you know, let's uh, keep our minds um, open, perspective, connect with each other. Don't be isolated and uh, don't feed into the hype and the scares of the world. We are still living beings and we can take care of each other and take care of ourselves. Thank you for listening to Good Vibes of Jason B. Abroad Minds and More podcast. 
Jason B, thank you so much for that shout out. This is Sheena Diane with Divine Love Coaching. I just wanted to add a couple of things. First of all, life coaching, you do not give advice. That is the number one rule in life coaching uh, because what our job is, is to have you figure out the answer because the answers are inside of you. My advice is going to be different than what works for you because everybody is different. Everybody has a different perspective. So with life coaching, there is no advice giving. It is very frowned upon to give advice. Uh, we try and pull out the answers from you. So just wanted to um, put that out there. And also the difference between the difference between a therapist and a life coach is a therapist or a psychologist is going to look at problems from your past and try and help you overcome those obstacles from digging into those traumatic experiences. A life coach focuses on what you want for your future. You can bring up your past and we can talk about those situations, but honestly, with a life coach, we are looking for what you want to achieve in your future, your future dreams. And so we work from the very first day of of your coaching to make sure that we know what you want for your future so that we can take steps in order for you to make that happen. And that is why life coaching is so effective. And that is why everyone needs a life coach. Even Tony Robbins will tell you a life coach sees what you don't see. And I myself, who is a life coach, actually have two life coaches. I actually have a Reiki coach and I also have a regular life coach. So it is important for everyone to get a new perspective. One last thing, guys, Jason B actually has a promo code for any of you who want to hire me as your life coach. Just head on over to Divine, and Divine is actually spelled D-E-V-I-N-E, and then hyphen love.com. So D-E-V-I-N-E hyphen love.com. And um, you guys, whatever you order on the website, if you type in Jason B on the promo code when you check out, you'll get 10% off. So thank you, Jason B., for being such an awesome person um, and allowing me to give your listeners a discount. So guys, head on over there, Jason B. at checkout, and you will get a 10% off discount. It is a one-time code, so you can only use it once. Uh, But I would love to get to know you guys. And thank you again, Jason, for that shout out. I am just so appreciative. Love you so much. Love and light. Okay, so we're back um, the day after I recorded initially this uh, Variety episode 44, and this is to um, recap a little bit and kind of clarify some things. So first, uh, we just I just heard from Sheena Diane, and she left a couple of voicemails, and she was concerned that maybe the message might be misunderstood, and to clarify what she actually does when it comes to uh, life coaching and what life coaching does. So just so that we're on the same page... Um, in, in what, how advice and where you get it and when someone or let's just say a life coach or a psychologist, a psychotherapist, you know, um, so on and so forth, or, uh, a counselor, what they initially do is they listen to your concerns. So if you say like you have a problem, say like you don't know how to process, um, saying no to someone, or you feel like you're being pushed around and you really don't know how to answer the the problem itself, or say like you have self-confidence issues, or you suffer from PTSD, um, something that I suffer from at times. Um, one of the things is, is like when I go to either or the life coach and the therapist, I use them for two different purposes. Um, there are problems that I don't necessarily know how to deal with, you know, so to speak. It's um, my life coaching is more like for my strategies <clears throat> about how, why I conduct myself businessly or business wise, um, personal, social, and, and so on and so forth. My, my therapist is someone that helps me cope with my emotions and my attachments to maybe some past traumas and sometimes the the habits the that you may create while you know people that go through mental disorders or depression anxiety so forth um you you kind of it's it's built on several things how you're going to get better one you got you got to want to know that you have a problem and that you want to address something you want to fix something but sometimes you get in your own way, your own intellect, your own ego, your own 
uh, perceptional value. And so what you do is me, um, it's, I, I, I don't want you all to think I'm all messed up. No, that's not the thing. There's just sometimes for me, not just being a veteran, but me as a person, um, that I don't necessarily know what to do. And when I tell people, even on this show, when I give suggestions, when I, I, I am essentially podcasting, you are giving advice. You, you're not just interviewing, but you're exchanging your ideas. And the, the thing about, to clarify about advice, exactly. It's, it's a choice. It's a perspective. It's another view um, that you may have not figured out or that you are led to believe. Now, um, you know, life coaches and, and, um, therapists, they, they share a lot in common. One has a license, you know, um, a license scientifically and medically responsible for a live coach is, is, you know, they, they do have certifications, no question, doubt about that. Um, but they, they follow under the same rules in, in, in some respects. And then they don't because one either I'll tell you what they both share in common. One, they will never tell you to how to harm yourself. They will never tell you, they will never influence you to do harm to another. They will never make you feel insignificant because of your decisions, your feelings and your emotions are either reactions or, and it's a big, or, or it's a choice, you know, um, you, you, you choose to get mad, you know, when you see something, say like, if I saw, you know, some, some person assaulting another person, you know, just for no reason, just walked up and hit them, you know? Yeah. It would, it would disturb me. It would make me mad, you know, but you know, what is it that really deep down bothers me about it? Is it because that maybe I don't know that, that, that they don't know each other or that this person is going to, you know, assault somebody else. So it's, it's kind of, on that lines, you know, I mean, you're, so I chose, you know, that bothers me. It's not normal. It's not something that I respect. So for a personality like me, I'm not just going to sit there and stand there and just watch it happen and act like as if nothing here to bother me. Some people that may be, that's just their way, you know, um, you know, they're bystanders. And when you hear that word, innocent bystander, um, it's like, well, what is a bystander? Someone's just watching. They don't know how to react or they're not in the capacity to react in, in a protective mode. So, I mean, what therapists and what life coaches do are, they are similar, but then they are adversely different. And a life coach, um, I would like to get Sheena Diane to really clarify what she's going to say in her perceptional view. Um, and then I can tell you my perceptional view of what I feel, what they do, because to me, I'll tell her, look, I'm struggling with A, B, and C. Um, these are the things I've approached it. This is how I'm addressing it. Um, I'm not saying I know what to do, but I'm a little, I'm stumbled on which choice to make, you know, and you know, if you're seeing these, are the ABC and re D reasons why you don't make a decision or maybe a habit that you're, you're doing, you know, say like if you're addicted to chocolate and you really got to stop eating chocolate, you know, isn't an emotional response to a feeling memory or, or something that's deep, deep inside you that you don't know how to resolve a lot. And, and that's the thing is, is like, you know, um, if we're making this segment about mental awareness, my life coaching, um, so to speak that I receive is purely strategy that I, I, I've, I share it's private. Um, and that's the other thing is the both occupations really shares. They, they swear to a client privilege. Um, so in even a, a regular therapist or licensed counselor, um, they have what's called a, a, 
a client privilege. Now, there's different types of client privilege. There's attorney client privilege. There's medical doctor um, client privilege. That means they will not share anything that you discuss ever with anyone else. That means no one is going to hear it. No one's going to discuss it. Um, if it is, and it's, they can be held liable. Yes, you, you can, you can actually, if, if you, if you revealed something to someone, a counselor, life coach or, or therapist, and they actually released it without your consent, um, yeah, they can, they can help be held liable. And to what degree I would have to say, you'd have to look into each state because, um, it falls under defamation of character or slander. So, um, how those rules apply. You're going to have to look at your local and state rules on their viewpoints of that because it may be severe and it may not be. It may be kind of like a slap on the wrist. Don't ever do it again. But if they suffered financially because they released information, um, you know, that that's one of the ramifications. But to really hammer down on what I'm saying, you know, Sheena Diane is a great person. Um, it's not very easy for me, somebody who you know, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be completely open with y'all. I don't, I don't like to give out my information very easily. I have to feel connected with that person. It took me a long time for me to find my therapist who helps me deal with PTSD, um, and my anxiety. It, It really took me a long time. I went through, I would have to say six or seven um, before I felt really good with my particular doctor and I, and it's an interview process because these are your emotions. These are your feelings. This is things that you, you're exposing yourself to another person. And, you know, some people may also say it's kind of like a confessional. It's, it's where a place where you're not going to be judged. That's the number one thing you have to really feel safe in, in the environment of who you're talking to. But and and the same goes for life coaching. You know, you are exposing maybe an issue uh, privately that you like a friend. You know, you don't you don't want to you don't want it to get exposed, but you are taking the chance. But what these two professions or three, I should say, um, really address is at what point does it stop? You know, and, and where does it you know hold? And each of them have their own value. And the reason why I, I've read so many, I don't want to, I don't know if I really call them self-help books because these are other people's theories, you know, on things, on behavior, um, processing, logical systems. These are things that I'm intricately interested in. I get interested in why people do certain things or why I do certain things. You know, it's me looking at life and in analytics, you know, um, to give me more understanding. And that's why I've read so many of these books. You know, I've read like Ryan's Ryan holidays books, you know, um, he talks about ego is the enemy and he talks about, um, the object is the way how they work together is, you know, people make up excuses why they won't do things or what prevents them from, whether it be from their culture, it could be family, you know, like you don't talk a certain way in family and some people do. Um, they like one of the things I, I took away from object is the way is when you're looking at a problem, most of the people get stuck on the how instead of the why. And, and I have to refer to another writer on Bo Eason's book. Um, there's no, there's no plan B for your a game. Um, I like what he says also, you know, you are focused on getting your thing resolved, you know, and you really do have to practice. I mean, people look at, you know, like say like if you're trying to lose weight, so to speak, um, what, what I would say is one, are you prepared to lose weight? And, and you're going to have to be prepared in, in several ways. Number one, are you trained? Are you going to, are you willing to open your mind up to be, to train the, the part of you that is not functioning in the proper way for good health. And what I mean by good health is means it's physical, it's mental, and it's spiritual. Yes. Spiritual health is a very big key. 
but we're not going to get lost in explanations. So if I were to tell you to lose, if you're, you want to lose weight and, and, and it doesn't matter how you do it, you know, your diet. And, and I, I remember I was talking to my girlfriend about this and she said a really, really impactful statement. She said that picky people suffer from the worst dietary health. And I started looking at myself. I couldn't agree more. I really couldn't. I, I, there was nothing I could defend. I didn't eat salad. I don't eat onions. I don't eat. I didn't eat a lot of vegetables. And even still, I, still to this day, I struggle, you know, but being 47 years old, I'm diabetic. That is a fact. I know that my diabetes is caused from several factors. One, I have too much sugar. My pancreas is not functioning properly. My liver and my kidneys are both taking damage. By by eating foods, comfort foods, GMOs, all that other shit, um, that stuff affects my health. And that's my physical side. Now, how it affects my mental side, you know, when we're going to go into spiritual, how it affects my mental side is if I'm not properly eating, then sleeping, then when it comes to work or doing the duties of your normal life, whether being a father, a coach, a friend, um, or an activity partner, whatever you, you're not doing your best and, and your thinking may be interrupted by healthy perspective. So say like someone tells you a statement that you may disagree with and they're trying to be helpful to you and you get angry at them for telling you that they're giving you a perspective, you know, you know, when you're not getting enough sleep and not eating right, and you're going through, say, like a high blood sugar phase for me, or extreme low, am I being receptive, or am I being just responsive? And one of the things is, is like for good health, you have to be able to be both receptive and responsive, and respectful to who you are. So when it comes to life coaching, what you can go to for, say, like you know, you could use it for the dietary health thing. I struggle with eating right, you know, um, or I struggle with, you know, these are the habits that I'm conducting myself in and I explain why it feels that way. And I can do that both to a therapist and a coach, but there's a defining line. So the, the therapist will help you figure out strategies and the coach will you know, they will give you assistance, but they're not going to give you the exact answer. That's, and, and people want answers for their problems and you both, they both help you discover the answer. They don't give you, they're like, it's like, kind of like giving, like, say like, if there's a gap in the bridge, they're just giving you like the hammer, but you got to nail down the planks, you know, to, to cross the, that open space in the bridge, you know, now, and here's the tricky part. You have the planks. They handed you the hammer. The hammer is the tool. The nails are your, like your thought processes of, and, and if you don't hammer, I hate to say it right or in a good direction, a couple things could happen. Either you're going to hit the plank or you're going to hit open air or you're going to drop your hammer and knowing how to swing it. So both of them go into your feelings, your reasons of why you think that when you swing that hammer, they, they've handed it to you. You've always had the hammer in your presence you may have been reluctant to pick it up, but they both give you not so much instruction, but their help. It's like it's like it's like a guide. Like, oh, I see the example, and now I see the the reason why. And so their help, their advice, their advice, it's very temperamental. It's very, you know. They're trying not to take the the discovery of the answer away from you. It's kind of like, you know, having a partner 
you know, that you're working with. You're both working on the bridge. You're both working, you know, they're there to help as a helping hand, like a good Samaritan, like, hey, he's a friend, like, hey, yeah, hey, Jason, let me help you out with this. They're not doing it for you. They're doing it with you. So they, they, and, and that's the, you know, one of the things I'd have to say is, is it's, it's one of the dangers of, of, you know, of, I would have to say they're professions. They both have, they are professionals. You do have to get some kind of training, how to deal with people because not everyone's the same. Not everyone takes advice the same. And the thing is you are seeking their help. They're not seeking yours. You're going to them voluntarily, you know, and, and everyone has a different method of what they do. So, you know, with that being said, when I go to someone like, say like Sheena Diane, I've known her. And like I said, I mean, she's, she's taken a serious, passionate subject, not just subject matter, but lifestyle to really help people rediscover themselves and their joys. You know, like she used to explain, you know, she had a hard time with the death of her mom, you know, and I'm very compassionate and empathetic about that. She's a very humanistic person. I mean, am I going to, it's like me going to someone and, you know, someone's going through pain, you know, when a perfect stranger offers you, you know, consolence, it's like, okay, they just don't want to see you upset. That's it. They, they want to like, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. And then move on. But a friend and, 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 and life coaches can be friends, you know, you can be a friend and that's, that's the other distinction. Um, they, they know that healthy boundaries and, and, um, ways they can go, you know, and a therapist, he swears an oath to serve you for an exchange. And they don't want nothing to do with you, associate with you, you know, say like if you're out on the street, I'm sure you could say hi, they're not going to be rude or anything, but they will not discuss any of your matters or anything outside or they will not, I don't know. And, and life coaches do the same thing in a, in a way too. They, they, you know, it's like, it's on you, you know, but like, I'll give you an example. I, and I don't want, like to share this, but. I was having a struggle, um, career choice. And one of the things is, is like, I, I kind of asked, like, am I going in the right direction? I'm having some struggle and these are the dilemmas. And, um, my feelings are, these are the points of where the, the dilemmas are. And if I choose, this, this is the way I feel about it. And when I think about it, you know, and then a, B and C, and then, um, then I guess the life coach would have to say, they ask me questions, you know, they're a complete person who doesn't know, doesn't deal with your problem per se, but they were like, well, if I were to look at that, is his emotions getting in the way? Is his attachments getting in the way? And if they are, well, let's look at the ways you know, say like swinging the hammer, say like you're just, if you're taking the hammer and you're taking it, raising it way above your head and trying to hit one nail on that plank, you're going to smash your hand or you're going to smash the plank and then you make more damage. What I feel like a life coach would do is, Hey, um, why do you go so high? Um, would it work better if you, you know, does it work better if you take shorter strokes, you know, or, or a less distance, or do you think that making that high, higher raised of, of use of the hammer coming down is going to be more effective and how, you know, and, um, have you practiced and maybe you should practice before you, you know, figure out which, which way to strike. So it's not like, it's like giving advice behind the Socratic method. I, that, I guess that's the best way to describe it in law school. Um, we use a lot of things like the Socratic method. And that is, you have a question and the recipient 
answers back with a question. So then therefore you are answering the question, but the way that they phrase their question is kind of like it's, it's kind of like in an inductive look like, Oh, I didn't think about that. You know, you're like, okay, well, if, if, murder in the heat of passion is justified, you know, under this parameter and say like the law school instructor will tell you, well, was the, was, was the assailant under emotional duress? Were they capable of making a healthy decision? What is leading you to ask this question? You know, in it is their response according to the environment you know they they ask a lot of different questions and so you are like okay well i'm going to have to think about this creatively if i were if i were under the same circumstances would i fall you know and 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 that's kind of like doing it socratically it's it's for me, it's like it takes me out of my my own personal attachment to the issue. You know, for example, my career choice. Um, I'm working with my career and improving myself within the company that I work for. I the the people that I work for, I I'm trying to pick the right strategy to position myself for excellence for either a supervisor or leadership position. I am looking of the best way to approach because if I just go after my own instinctual ways, I may be jeopardizing the opportunity. I may not be looking at all the variables. So what I feel like the life coach does is I ask questions, they return questions, and then, you know, if it's not going with a view and then that's the hard part is like well what how do they be qualified to answer a question um that's so deep and so hard and that's the trick not everyone needs to know the exact parameters of why you're doing what you're doing or why you can't answer that question they don't need to know all exactly all the time but if you're making a decision out of a habit, you know, um, that's where I, I kind of feel like you, for me, it's, it's just helped me, especially with a lot of things that I struggle with. And another thing is, you know, at exposing myself. Sometimes I take on way too much and I'm not seeing it. So if I'm exhausted all the time and I can't be mentally and spiritually and physically present with my family because I work too much, I'm not really being effective. So this is not something that I, I do. I don't do like, I mean, I guess life coaching is something that I go to once every, every couple months because I take that time from the last session. And then when I work with my therapist, on my emotional attachments to whatever I'm dealing with or the problems that I refuse to solve and I give up and I, and I basically let, I'm not saying letting the responsibility to another, but I'm vent, I vet out my response. Then when I go to a healthy strategy of like, okay, I took time to meditate. For example, I took time to exercise. I took time this morning to drink you know, three healthy cups of water. How did I get that strategy? What made me feel that that's the right way or, or led me that way? You know, did I, did I take the effort and time to find out these practices are healthy practices for my general well-being? And that's really where it lays. So um, when you're going for advice and you're seeking help for your issues, whether it be weight loss, emotional, whatever, um, 
yes, um, you you can take those avenues, and and you know you got to feel it out, and you got to feel what's right for you. But you know, like I said, I'm on here podcasting, and I'm telling people what I think, and I'm telling people like, oh, I don't think you should do this. That's advice. And then it's up to you. I mean, when you you as a listener, when you're listening, you're just like, hey, man, whatever. You know, um, yeah, that's that's kind of like the thing. It, it's um, it's a it's a big thing. You know, it's like, hey, I am telling people what I think, you know, say like I don't like the the way the election process is going. I don't like the way that people are talking. And, and this is why. And this is what I think that action should be. I'm giving my opinion. I'm giving advice. Or, you know what, don't chase another person, you know, if a person's trying to leave you, let them go, you know, that is advice. Why? You know, so that's, that's really the clarification. And I just wanted to, this is a separate, I'm just going to call this a variety 44 uh, continued. I'll make it its own episode. Yeah, I think that's what's probably a better way to do it. I'm not going to go and edit this out. So, um, yeah, so if you listen to Variety episode 44, go through it and this is my response. You know, um thank you all for your time and I hope you all have a great day. All right, we'll talk to you later.